Filling in for Mark Madden here in the 5 o'clock hour, I am Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. This is 105.9 The X, the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we are joined right now over the phone by Matt Geitka, our beat writer at the website. Hi, Matt. Good evening. It's the darkest day of the year. We're going to get through this. <laughs> oh, you mean like literally the darkest day? It is, yes. I keep track of such things. So uh, I get that seasonal affective disorder this time of year, so I'm just grinding through December. <laughs> well, hey, it could be worse. In Iceland right now, they've got 22 hours of <laughs> darkness, so <laughs> just dropping that one on you there, too. <laughs> Very true. That's, that's funny. I was talking to Ole Mata about how it is in Finland, and he said it's a similar deal where he's from. So, yeah, it could be worse. That's why they have all those saunas and springs over there to keep them happy. How? What are yeah, we talking helps. about here? Let's get to your article <laughs> that you wrote today. Well, no, you didn't write it today. <laughs> it took no. you a long time. Uh, Ryan Malone, just an, an amazing story. Some of his wounds obviously self-inflicted, the DUI in Tampa, um, the, the trouble that he's had over the years. But here he is, 38 years old, with the Iowa Wild of the American Hockey League riding buses and trying to make, and I think people forget that there's still going to be hockey in the Olympics. It just won't be the <laughs> NHL, guys. He's trying to get back to the U.S. Olympic team. What an amazing story, right? It is. It's, uh, it's quite, the, uh, quite the setup for the kind of treatment that we gave it on the website, so it was really cool to dig into it and talk to his dad, Greg Malone, who, of course, was the head scout when Ryan was drafted and uh, watched him come up and play for the team that he played for. And Ryan Malone was really the first Pittsburgh Penguin. He was the, the first Pittsburgher to make it to the NHL mm -hmm. and play for the Penguins. And he blazed a trail for even someone like myself who was just playing hockey growing up. He made the dream realistic. He made it feel like that um, we were part of the Pittsburgh scene here in, in this town, part of the hockey scene, I should say, here in this town. Um, you know, you didn't have to be from Canada or whatever to, uh, to be a good hockey player. So, Oh, actually, hey, that. Matt, hey, Matt, then, what's hilarious is that Bugsy will tell you himself that when he played at Upper St. Clair, he might not have been in their top four or five players at the time. Well, no, beyond that, beyond all that, that I said, that there wasn't that much of a pipeline, yeah, he was a late bloomer. He didn't do very well until he got to, well, he went up to Shattuck St. Mary's, and then he went on to junior hockey and started to develop there and played four years at St. Cloud State. So it wasn't exactly a phenom situation. And then when he came to Pittsburgh, of course, he scored more than 20 goals in his rookie season, and that was when it was the dead puck era. So it was a really impressive output for, uh, for a guy like himself who was not very heralded despite being drafted. What's motivating him, Matt? What's, what's, what, what pushes someone at 38 to try to make a comeback? He'd been out of hockey for nearly two years completely. Uh, it was more like two and a half, in fact. Mm -hmm. He played his, well, what he thought was his last professional game for the Hartford Wolfpack in January of 2015. He wasn't going anywhere with the Rangers organization. He played six games with New York, and they sent him down, and he realized he wasn't going to be uh, anywhere near the top of their call-up list. So he was missing his two boys at home, Will and Cooper, and uh, home for him now is the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. He decided to just call it quits. He said his fire was out, as he put it to me the other night in Cleveland after Iowa's game there, and uh, he just took some time. He was a dad. He devoted himself to that, and... He was coaching a little bit in this recreational league up in the Twin Cities, and he skated a few shifts this summer. And he heard that not only will NHL players not be playing in the upcoming Olympics, but not even players on two-way contracts. Right. So that factors out a whole bunch of guys, obviously. So he started to think, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe I can make a run at this. But, of course, he had to find a team to play for. And uh, 
thankfully for him, Chuck Fletcher, the Minnesota Wild GM, knew him from Chuck's time in Pittsburgh, and so he was willing to give him a roster spot in the AHL, and he's fit in quite well with that team. And this isn't to knock anything that Bugsy or anybody else is trying to do in getting to the Olympics, but it's going to be like the Wheeling Nailers Olympics. It really, It's going to be a lot of ECHL type of teams, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be lower-level minor league guys who don't have the NHL contract, as I mentioned. Players over in Europe, uh, for instance, the, the players that competed in this tournament in uh, November over in Germany, it was like a, a warm-up tournament. Ryan played in it over there, but it was like Brian Gianta, Mark Stewart, uh, guys who are, if not retired, then right near the end of their professional careers. And throw in maybe a couple of college guys, too. They didn't compete in that what was called the Deutschland Cup in November. So that's the main concern for Ryan. If it were just guys who uh, have long careers or, or were veterans, then I think he'd have a really good chance of making it. But you throw in some younger legs, which I know USA Hockey and Tony Granato, the coach, are going to want to bring over, then it gets really close. And as Ryan put it to me on Monday night, he's definitely on the bubble. I'm joined right now by Matt Geica, the Penguins beat writer at DKPittsburghSports.com. Matt, you covered practice today, and Ian Cole was on a pairing with Sergei Gonchar, which would have been awesome for him about 12 years ago. <laughs> what is his status right now, and is, that, is this pretty much a sign that he's just as good as gone? Well, I think it made your column look pretty prescient, didn't it? From yeah, the, I wasn't going to bring that up, but go ahead, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the first thing I thought when I saw Ian Cole paired up with Sergei. And, uh, well, it makes some sense. You bring in a player in Alexiak and you want to get a look at him, I would think, if you're the Penguins. And he's played in 21 out of 30-some games this year for Dallas. It's not like he was on the, uh, on the bench or in the press box every night. He's a competent NHL defenseman. Now, we'll see how he fits in with how the Penguins like to play. But I thought maybe they would bump Chad Ruedel out of the lineup because Chad plays the right side. And Alexiak, despite being a lefty shooter, he plays the right side too. But instead... They bump Hunwick from right to left, play him with Alexiak, and now Cole appears to be on the outside looking in again. So there can't be a trade for the next week because of the holiday freeze. Um, but, yeah, it's looking even more so the case that Ian's time with the Penguins is numbered or yeah. is uh, running out. The thing is, though, Matt, is when you're talking about running out, we might as well bring up the fact that you know their cap space is running out. I mean, they're, they're at $899,000, according to SpotTrack.com. Um, that doesn't allow you, no, I was going to say little flexibility, it's zero flexibility. Cole has to get moved, but then are you getting a third-line center for Ian Cole? Where's that going to come from? Well, the money is the, the major concern here. It's not like that there aren't assets to trade, and I think Cole primary among them because of his contract situation. But say you, you dump $2 million off your off your uh, salary cap or off your salary expenditures, a third line center is probably going to cost somewhere between two and four million, I'd imagine. So, Jim Rutherford's still in a tough spot here, and uh, as you allude to, less than a million dollars under the cap right now. There might need to be yet another move to alleviate some salary. They moved Josh Archibald yesterday, and, and that took about seven hundred thousand off their cap. But then you add Alexiak, who makes just under a million, so it ended up being um, you know a, a purchase of about two hundred thousand yesterday. Matt, you covered practice for us today at PPG Paints Arena, and that was just a little bit eventful, wasn't it? Sure was. Well, first of all, Phil Kessel wasn't there. It was a maintenance day, and uh, he was limping a little bit after the game in, in Colorado. But Phil hasn't missed a game since 2010. <laughs> so whenever he's not on the ice, it does raise an eyebrow. 
And, uh, well, he doesn't typically take morning skates either, so we might not find out totally if he's in the lineup tomorrow until right around game time. But also, Patrick Hornquist, who was sent home from the trip, which seemed to be a bit drastic and out of nowhere, mm-hmm. he was looking great, and it was a very competitive practice. Um, guys were throwing the F-bombs around. It, was, <laughs> it felt like more like a game out there with some of the hits that were being tossed, and uh, Jacques Martin was was uh, getting animated. He was running most of the practice as Mike Sullivan took a break. He said he uh, talked to them enough in the video session beforehand. So there, there was plenty of work done at PPG Paints this morning. Wow, how many times do you think the phrase, play the game the right way, showed up in that video session? <laughs> Maybe a few. And, and, and like Sullivan said after the, um, after the workout, he thought it was a good day. He thought it was a productive day. And he complimented his team's practice habits. But I also think that um, they could afford to uh, maybe have some more workouts like they did today as the schedule allows. And the schedule is not as bad as it used to be. So uh, they'll be able to turn it up. And as Chad Weedle was saying, they want to add some swagger to their practices. They want to add some more intensity so they can just carry that over to the games naturally. Well, that's a great line from Weedle too. He's full of yeah. those, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> And he's feeling pretty good about himself. I would too. Right now, he appears to be one of the the top six. Yeah, why not? He got the goal the other night, and and everything else. The, the the Penguins up front didn't really shake things up as far as the lines go. But Dominic Simon is still up there with Sidney Crosby. And Matt, do you get the sense that that's even potential? I'm not suggesting Dominic Simon is a first line NHL winger. I haven't lost my mind here. But <laughs> there's a different dynamic when it's when you're talking about the Penguins because it's more a matter of who fits with who than it is whether or not you're, you know, a prototypical first-line winger. Um, is that going to stick for the foreseeable future? I think for right now, yeah. Well, first of all, you can't make any player moves for the next week. So the next three games, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Dominic Simone on Crosby's left wing. The two think the game similarly. They remind uh, Their chemistry reminds me of Crosby's and Gensel's uh, that we've seen be almost line magical at times over the past year. Or so. So it was Gensel with Simone and Crosby, and Connor Sheary hasn't been himself this year. When you look at production, when you look at just how he's handling the puck and the decision making, so it could be that Simone is the new Sheary, and he could be a um, at least a decent fit with Sid until they figure some things out. Maybe make a call up or two, or maybe make a trade or two as the season moves along. You're our stats guy at the website. I'm going to throw something at you here, just totally spontaneous here. I have, uh, there's a monitor over my head here in the studio that has NHL Network on it that just kind of rolls silently. They put up a graphic a little bit ago of the five players in the National Hockey League who have made the most passes to the slot this season. Okay? Uh, Who tracks that? I have no idea. But number one, with a bullet, is Sidney Crosby at 102. So he has made 102 passes into the area that you would most want to see the puck. And I bring that up in conjunction with us talking about Dominic Simon because here again this year, this is not to pin, you know, Sid needs a winger hashtag on the situation that's going on right now. Sid just isn't playing well. However, however, could he be playing that much better if more of those 102 passes, you know, resulted in something? That's a great stat, first of all. And mm-hmm. I don't know who's tracking it, but I love that it is oh. being tracked. That, that's some of the missing data that's, that's out there in hockey, and baseball has it now with StatCast, so hockey has a long way to go to catch up. But this is part of that, that bridge there to, to figure out how are you getting to the scoring areas and right. are you doing some of the right things. And 
I think over the past two years, Crosby's missed out on a lot of those assists he used to get. And for whatever reason, I don't know, um, maybe it's personnel. Last year, Crosby just took it upon himself to shoot more, and we saw the results. I don't think he's in that spot at all right now, so he could adjust his game accordingly. But first and foremost, he's the best playmaker in the game, right? And that's what you want him to be doing. And uh, perhaps Simone might be able to figure that out or might be able to finish a few of those passes. He hasn't um, got a goal yet, obviously. Uh, but it, it's also not any kind of situation where you're afraid to break something up on Crosby's line. So um, there is a, a point where you get to for Mike Sullivan where it's too much change. You don't want to keep switching things up just to do it, just to constantly search for that kickstart. Uh, but there, there also isn't some sort of an ironed-on uh, Sidney Crosby line spot like we used to see with Pascal Dupuy and Chris Kuhn. It's, it's definitely a team that's searching, not just on Sid's line, but uh, to a degree on Malkin's line as well. Oh. Uh, I'm not talking about Phil Kessel, but whoever's on that left side there. Yeah, no question. Actually, you could say the same thing for the third line, too. Nobody's really yeah, figured yeah. that out yet either. By the way, second on that list of the most passes into the slot this season is Henrik Sedin. Here's guessing... Huh. We know who was on the other end of all of those passes. <laughs> he's still doing it, man. He's impressive. When Vancouver was in a couple of weeks ago, you just watch a master at work. Yeah, his pace isn't great, uh, but he is smart. He thinks the game, and I just love that players like that can still keep on keeping on, even if they're not what they used to and be. And by the way, to not torture everybody, the rest of the top five, it goes one, Sidney Crosby, two, Henrik Sedin, three, Connor McDavid, four, Blake Wheeler of Winnipeg, and five, this one's a little bit of a surprise to me, Nikita Kucherov of the Lightning, because we think of him more as a as a shooter and a finisher, which he is at, a, at an elite level. Matt Geitka, thanks for being on with us. Appreciate it. You got it, and uh, and thanks to all the kind remarks on the Ryan Malone story. It was the the favorite thing I put together in two and a half years on this website. Outstanding, and it really is too. Go go find it. I'm not just saying that because I have a little something to do with the site. It's worth your <laughs> it's time. Little... It's worth your time. You'll enjoy it. DKPittsburghSports.com. Coming up next, more of your calls on hockey. Four one two three 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 nine nine three nine. And then coming up at the bottom of the hour. Christopher Carter, our NFL analyst at DKPittsburghSports.com, will be in studio. We're going to talk a little bit of football. And no, we're not going to talk about the same two plays. I promise. Almost. Filling in for Mark Madden, I'm Dan Kovacevic. You're listening to 105.9 The X.